The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hello, it's Sunday night, and you're tuned into the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. On tonight's show, we're talking about boundaries. Boundaries in relationships are so important. Some people often set healthy boundaries, whereas others have unhealthy boundaries. And recognizing the difference between the two is so important and can really change a relationship. Lack of boundaries invites lack of respect, and it's so important to feel respected in a relationship. Uh, We're going to be talking about how to tell the difference between healthy and unhealthy boundaries, how to set healthy boundaries, why people have uh, often have issues with boundaries in relationships, different types of boundaries, and so much more. We're going to help you understand why it truly is so important to sell, set healthy and realistic boundaries in your life. And joining me today is my friend, registered psychotherapist, Don Binkowski. Hi. Hi, Laura. Welcome back. Thank you. It's nice to be here. I love having you. You're my favorite psychotherapist. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about uh, boundaries now, of course, on the show today. Now, we all have boundaries, whether we realize them or not. And boundaries help you define what you are comfortable with and how you would like to be treated by other people. So, Dawn, where do boundaries come from and why are they so important? Boundaries are what keeps us safe. That's uh, Boundaries are what tells us when somebody has done something that doesn't feel right to us, that they might be encroaching on our emotional boundaries, physical space boundaries, uh, ethical boundaries. And if we learn to pay attention to what's going on inside, we can tell that if it's not immediately clear to us. And we have to show other people how they can treat us. Absolutely. Because if we don't have our own boundaries Uh, in awareness, consciously, then that means we are giving other people responsibility to set healthy boundaries for us. And that just doesn't work. And they say a lot of uh, these boundaries stem from our childhood. Can you explain how boundaries are formed as a child? Absolutely. Uh, When we are born, we need our parents to model healthy boundaries for us. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to tell us what is us and what is the other person. When there's a lack of boundaries in childhood, then there is a blurring of the two. And we can then develop a belief that we need to meet other people's expectations and that our needs and wants and feelings are secondary and get put on the back shelf. We also can be told that our physical boundaries aren't uh, appropriate. For example, when you have the family scenario where children are urged to go and give Uh, relatives a hug and kiss or go sit on someone's lap and the child says no and the parent forces them to do that, that tells the child not to listen to their feelings inside, their boundaries that that they're feeling, and that they need to meet the expectations of the adults. Okay, so um, so you're saying that this is crossing boundaries with your child, but isn't that just teaching them manners? Like, especially when it's an aunt or an uncle or... Uh, What you're saying is ignore if you feel uncomfortable and push through that just to meet the expectations of the adults. There is a way to teach our children to respectfully say, um, no, I don't want to. 
or no, I don't feel good about that. And the parent in the beginning can, before the child has uh, uh, the ability to express themselves that way, can explain to the aunt, we're trying to teach little Johnny or Susie about healthy boundaries and listening to their body, because this is part of what sets kids up for abuse later on. Okay, so then at what age do we have to stop telling our children what to do then? I mean, isn't good parenting forcing your children to do things that sometimes they don't want to do because it's the right thing to do? Absolutely. That is very much as a part of parenting. It's how you appro- uh, approach it. And it also is important. important part of parenting is teaching our kids what to recognize is going on inside them that might be a no because they're going to need that in order to create healthy relationships well, what, going forward. But what if your child's in a grumpy mood and their aunt and uncle just came by and they, they don't want to even acknowledge them or they won't they don't want to say hi or bye to them I mean is that you're forcing them again um, no nope, not in that situation in that case it's the adults responsibility to recognize that there's a small child that has some feelings that are coming up that needs to be dealt with as opposed to forcing the child to internalize those feelings and do something that doesn't feel right for them right and so what are uh, some other examples of boundaries that are formed as children uh, t- uh, on the other side of uh, not supporting boundaries of children is when a parent has the expectation that the, the child's job is to meet all of the parent's expectations. And that causes a problem in the development of uh, a sense of self and individuation of the child. The child believes that in order to feel a secure connection with the caregivers and other people in the world, because they extrapolate it out, that their acceptance depends on meeting other people's expectations and not listening to what's going on inside them. Mm, Very interesting. Uh, Okay, I want to get into a conversation of healthy boundaries and unhealthy boundaries, and I want to go through some lists. But before we do that, how can we tell the difference between healthy and unhealthy boundaries? One of the main ways to tell uh, if someone is crossing a boundary is to start to scan ourselves for usually irritation or frustration. Okay. That is one of the markers that something's going on. Because if we just use our head and, and, and try to rationalize or justify, it's really complicated in there. And there's lands of shoulds. And, and we're factoring in what our previous experience might have been uh, growing up and that it wasn't okay to say no to somebody. It really is starting to scan our body for noticing. Are we tensing? Are we irritated with that person? Is there a narrative coming up? That, uh, you know, type of narrative often is, you know, after everything I've done for this person, they couldn't do this for me. There's a sign that there's been a weak boundary there. So it's learning to pay attention and listen to what's going on inside. Okay, we're going to uh, discuss unhealthy boundaries here on the Dating and Relationship Show. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host. Sitting in with me today is psychotherapist Don Binkowski. We're talking about the difference between healthy and unhealthy boundaries when it comes to relationships. Don, how early or uh, like should we be setting these boundaries in relationships from the very beginning okay 
Well, not the first week. Uh, well, t- I might even say yes, because it doesn't have to be a, a big deal. It doesn't have to be big, a it's, big rule. Yes, right. Absolutely. Like setting ba- by boundary setting, that's how we actually let somebody know who we are. If, if we're wired to be a people pleaser, then it's, okay, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, whatever you want. And we aren't saying, okay, this is me. I really like Italian, and I'm not so keen on Mexican. Or I really get irritated when I'm cut off. It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong, but that taps into a core wound from childhood because I could never get a word in edgeize growing up. So it's important to, to let you know that when you do that, it has a negative impact on me. And you don't want to be a people pleaser right from the beginning. You don't want to pretend that you're somebody that you're not just to impress somebody because it's going to come back to haunt you down the road anyways. Absolutely. And people pleasing, uh, there's an agenda underneath that. And it's either I'm going to I'm going to try and meet all your needs in the beginning so that then eventually you'll do the same back to me, which is a bit of a setup for yourself, for the relationship, and for the other person. Um, or it's, I don't believe that my needs and wants are important, and so I'm just going to continually say yes to the other person, which can then set us up for what I call martyr syndrome, which is I'm gonna, I, I don't give myself permission to say no, so I'm not going to acknowledge if there's a no inside. I'm going to say yes to everything that someone asks me, but I'm going to start to build up resentment inside. And I'm also going to build up expectations that I'm not going to clearly communicate. But the time when you don't engage in payback or when you don't treat me with appreciation. People will walk all over you when when that happens. It, it, absolutely. And then with the martyr thing, when they don't meet our expectation, then there's this little narrative. I know for me, it comes up with, you know, hand on hip. Well, after everything I've done for them, how could they not da 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 da? But the thing is, when we said yes to them, we didn't say, yes, I'll help you move, providing that when I move next, you're going to be there as well. We create this expectation. So in you our need heads. to teach people how to treat you. 100%. Okay, let's talk about unhealthy boundaries what some of those look like. And Dawn, at any point, please chime in and help us understand these boundaries, okay? So I'm just going to go through a little list here. I realize that I might even have problems with some unhealthy boundaries myself that I didn't even realize. Man, I learn a lot from hosting this show. (laughs) I learn a lot as being a therapist as well, so (laughs) I I get you. Okay, Uh, always focusing on your partner's flaws and worst qualities. Yep, absolutely. That's a sign of being uh, walled off. Um, a healthy relationship is both people getting most of their needs met most of the time. So there's the individual needs, but there's also the we needs. And when some people, because often because of trauma or not getting enough of what they needed growing up, they're constantly trying to get their unmet childhood needs met. And it can interfere with their ability to see the other and to allow the other in so that two people can co-create a relationship. When someone's walled off, it's like it's my way or no way. Is there help for this type of person? Absolutely, there is. I love hearing that. Thank you. But they have to recognize it. And they have to want to do the work. They have to do it. Absolutely. But it is possible for sure. They need some support in processing those unmet needs and learning how to give it to themselves as opposed to expecting other people to give it to them. Okay, uh, blaming and criticizing your partner for having different traits and qualities from you. Yeah, same kind of thing. Uh, Another component of a healthy relationship is we have to 
recognize and be respectful of the differentness of the other. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, if we're unable to do that, it kind of circles back to our own unmet needs. And so it needs to be all about me. And I will interpret you not meeting my need as a way that you don't care about me, which isn't true. Each human being is uniquely wired. And, yeah. And we often get into relationships thinking and hoping that we're going to change someone. Oh, fine. You know what? I, I, I like everything about this person, but I don't like these qualities. So that's okay. Because once I hook them in and we start dating and we're in a relationship, I'm going to change that about them. Guess what? It backfires. It doesn't work. Absolutely. It's a big red flag because what you're doing is you are you are getting attached to the fantasy, not the person that's in front of you. And on the receiving end of that, it feels horrible. It's like, I would love you as long as you change. Yeah. And that usually parallels something in childhood. Okay. Displaying jealousy and putting restrictions on your partner. Ugh, I hate this one. That comes <laughs> If you up. don't trust me, then please don't be with me. Uh... Yes, and uh, because of people having trauma or uh, core wounds, sometimes it's, a, or it's very important to go slow in a relationship so trust can be built up. It can be, there are people with weak boundaries that trust too quickly and But what's up. going slow in a relationship to you, Dawn? Like, what's slow? Uh, well, I don't know that I can say a timeline, but it is stopping and recognizing that you don't know this other person. You might be responding to certain But you could things. be married for 30 years and not know the other person. Absolutely. You really never fully know the other person. Absolutely. But you will definitely know somebody better after a year and a half than you will after three months. Okay. How about falling in love with a new acquaintance? So what does this mean? Does it mean that you fall in love too quickly without even getting to know someone? Yes. Okay. <laughs> or... Um, you're just going off an emotion that you felt with them then? What can happen, especially when there's underlying trauma, it can create what's called a trauma bond. And what happens with that is that we are responding to the way that person is reflecting us back in the beginning. And it feels so wonderful and so healing. But when we recognize there's a problem, when that person is pissed off with us for some reason, or they're grumpy about something, and they're no longer uh, reflecting us back that way, it creates an emergency inside and we can't let go. So I have a friend, she, she falls in love so quickly and she just moved in with someone like three weeks ago. Like well, after three weeks, sorry. Way too fast. You You're don't right. know that person. Yeah. That's right. And so th those are relationships. They, they're, the engagement and the attachment is superficial. They aren't laying down the foundational pieces. We're going to continue our conversation on unhealthy boundaries. And then later on in the show, we're going to get into healthy boundaries and so much more. Stay tuned. Stay with us. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show, we're talking about how to set healthy boundaries in relationships show. I <laughs> See, I make mistakes too. Uh, no, tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show, we're talking about how to set healthy boundaries in relationships right here on the Dating and Relationship Show. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, and sitting in with me today is psychotherapist Don Binkowski. And uh, okay, so before the break, we were talking about unhealthy boundaries. I want to continue with that conversation. Okay, so next one is going against personal values to please another person. So I used to be this guilty of this. I used to be a 
people pleaser and I would I felt bad saying no and now as I get older I realize you know what everyone says no to me and so you know if I'm if I want to say no I'm going to say no I'm not going to feel guilty about it and so I've I've changed that. It's now about me and how I feel. Uh, Don, what does going against personal values um, look like in a relationship? Well, that can be um, when you uh, start to side with your partner who is saying, no, I'd rather not go with your over to visit your family, for example. Uh, just make up a lie and say I'm not But what if they're well. always saying that? And a right, there's a flag. difference. There's a difference. It's okay to sometimes not want to go to the your you know your in laws, but like Absolutely. all the time, you just got to be some level of respect there. You know, these are my parents. Right? Again, well, it goes back to a healthy relationship. Both people getting most of their needs met most of the time, and when someone is saying it's my way or no way, and we find ourselves dropping what we feel to side with them because. We have a belief that the only way the relationship is maintainable is if we accept their version. There's, an, In other words, there's no room for our no. Then we can start to drop ourselves, lose ourselves. And if you stay in that relationship long enough, you lose who you are. People often come to therapy after getting out of a relationship like that or in order to get out of a relationship like that so they can find their sense of self again and their foundation so, and, and another way we can lose boundaries as well is we can, uh, sometimes belonging to a subgroup can make us... Uh, what do you mean by a subgroup? So let's say we're a teenager and we really want to be accepted by the core group and the core group does drugs and we don't do drugs. Mm -hmm. But in order to be accepted by that group, we might start we to do to drugs, start drugs because that's part of what the entry is. And then once you start to uh, loosen your boundaries like that, it becomes a little easier to then, okay, I'll just go along. Okay, so they want to rip off that car. Okay. <clears throat> Not saying that everybody goes down that route, but once we stop to drop what's important to ourselves, we're giving ourselves the message that our foundation isn't that important. Belonging and meeting other people's expectation is what's more important. Okay, acting on first sexual impulse. So getting a feeling and acting on it, uh, what does this actually mean? Could you just explain this a little more for me and the listeners? So uh, I'd suggest that where that might be a problem is if you don't stop to check in with what's underneath your desire to engage sexually with this person. If it's like, hey, I find this person so, so attractive, attractive and I can feel that I'm getting all aroused and I am up for having... A, a sexual interaction with this person, and I'll be aware if I start to make up a narrative with it and connect dots that maybe this means this is wonderful, then uh, not a problem with that. It's or, two people with consent engaging sexually with each not, other. But you're not thinking of the consequences. Well, you stop to think, okay, what am I going to feel like if after tonight... Um, there's no more contact. So you need to be mindful of that. It's recognizing, right. yes. Because sex brings out attachment issues. It can. Especially, particularly in women. More so women than men, because also, though, men have been socialized to uh, be much more supportive of their sexual impulses. Women, there's still shame attached. It's less than it used to be, but there was so much shame attached to a woman just being sexual. So um, it's important with that to stop and see what you feel. Check if it's something that you really want to do, and you're not doing it because you want this other person to like you. 
if it's, yes, I really want to do this, stop and think, okay, I don't know this person very well. Let me make sure I'm keeping myself safe. But they're safe. actually going to like you more when you respect yourself. <laughs> Usually, yes. But people don't see that. They don't think of that. Um, yes. But also sometimes people might just want to, to have some sexual and contact. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're being honest with yourself and, and being, recognizing. Yes, and being mindful before you do it. And honest with the other person. Yes. Okay, how about allowing someone to take as much as they can from you? So not setting boundaries with yourself. Not knowing when enough is enough. Yeah, that's a big problem because of that... Uh, that sets us up and the relationship and the other person for you are giving them responsibility to set boundaries for you. And it isn't somebody else's job to do that. And people don't even recognize what their own boundaries are. So there's no way that somebody else can accurately intuit what are the proper boundaries for another person. Is there a way to figure out what our boundaries are? Like Yes, listening to yourself, increasing your ability to notice when you tense, when you have some irritation or some frustration, when somebody, you know, when you've just said yes to something. Let me start to scan myself to see if it's actually a yes or is there a no? And if there's a no, then it's sitting with that. Okay, so I don't want to uh, go out with this person, or I for don't, example. Yeah. Uh, so let me just stop and think. If I give myself permission to say no, what will the consequences be? And if I, okay, so that person might be a little hurt. They might be a little irritated. I'll hang in with them uh, afterwards and make the repair. Or I don't want to go through that, so I'll turn my no to a yes because I'm factoring in my feelings. Uh, and, and one that stands out in my mind is when someone gets into my personal space, particularly a man. Okay, so that- and I find it so irritating. And I, you're right, it gets me frustrated. It's like, why are you in my space? I didn't tell you you can grab my arms and talk to me like, you know, less than a foot away from me. Like, just yes. back off. We all have physical boundaries, our personal space boundaries. And when, uh, so you, what your frustration, what you notice, the irritation that you notice is your inner boundary coming up going, hold on, wait, that's too close. Yes. We are constantly scanning other people in order to assess our safety. It's unconscious. And as well, what I hear in what you said is that we also have to check to make sure there's consent to touch somebody, especially in the beginning of a relationship. We don't know that it's okay to to grab someone's arm or or give somebody a hug unless we've checked with them. Yeah. So be mindful of that as well. Absolutely. We're talking about mindfulness as well today. Okay, we're going to move on along to signs of healthy boundaries when we come back on the Dating and Relationship Show. Stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta. From singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show. Good evening. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host, and sitting in with me today is uh, psychotherapist Don Binkowski. We're talking about boundaries, healthy and unhealthy boundaries, and what they look like right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right, so we just talked about unhealthy boundaries. Now let's talk about Healthy boundaries, signs of healthy boundaries. Now, we we know that setting healthy boundaries is so important and can really show someone that you value yourself and them. And by setting healthy boundaries, you're showing that you care about your worth, so important, uh, where you stand and where your partner stands. So let's talk about healthy boundaries. Now, being sexual when you want to be sexual, 
Okay, they say that if you're not in the mood for something or you're only doing something because you feel pressured by your partner, this is not healthy. Uh, a healthy boundary is being sexual on your own terms. Is that right, Dawn? Absolutely. Uh, we have to listen, especially when we're engaging sexually, to make sure that that we feel safe. Okay, but what if, all right, now what if you're just constantly not in the mood for sex, and this happens when you've been married for a while or you've been in a long-term relationship, and particularly with the woman, sometimes with the man, but uh, she no longer, she's just not engaging in sex. And, you know, your partner's getting mad, they're getting upset because uh, you're just not making them feel like they want to be feel and uh, they don't, they're not being treated right. So they want to have sex. So isn't it possible to just take one for the team? <laughs> like, you know, like I think I, I feel like you need to do that sometimes in a relationship. Give them the attention they need. I mean, if, if you got to fake it a little bit, no? Well, I would, I would frame it as sometimes it's important to bridge. So getting curious about what the resistance is within yourself, if you're the one that feeling you don't want to engage, my experience is that often there's an emotional block. There's some problem, uh, something hasn't been uh, addressed, which has made one of the partners to pull away uh, uh, intimately and emotional intimacy, and that also translates into, into sexual intimacy. And so it's important for the couple to have those kinds of com- conversations without demonizing. It's just, hey, like there's something going on here. Let's work through this. And if we can't work through it ourselves, let's go talk to a therapist to figure out what's underneath this because it is really important to have physical sexual intimacy with our partners. It releases pitocin and oxytocin in our brains, which makes us feel connected and warm and fuzzy and safe. And how do we have that conversation with our, how do we get our man to go to therapy? That's a difficult one. Uh, Yes, it can be, but it's important to say, I love you. I really want us to work, uh, to work, to go the distance with each other. And here's something that is, is creating a bit of a wedge and a disconnect with us. And we need some extra support in order to work through this. Dawn, do you make house calls? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shoot. All right. Uh, having another healthy boundary is, is having meaningful relationships outside the partnership. Absolutely. Uh, what can happen is uh, when there aren't healthy boundaries, uh, people are sort of joined at the hip and there is an expectation that you, my partner, are going to meet all of my needs, and that's impossible, and it puts way too much pressure on a relationship. We have to have support for our own individuality, and we need to be able to get some of our social needs met by friends. We need to have a support to talk to about our relationship with somebody. But you know what? It can work. I've seen it work in one scenario or one situation where I have these friends who they don't do anything without each other. Well, he's, he's allowed to go golf, that's it. But then they, they're not allowed to do anything else without each other. She can go shopping, but then they do everything together. And I think it's so unhealthy. Yeah, I, I agree. Yikes. I, well, just, even, just even your language. I don't know if you've got that language from them or what, but allow. <laughs> One person cannot allow another. It's, uh, they're not allowed. It's, well, no, they made, they, 
they made themselves a promise when they got married that they would do everything together. Okay. And so just to avoid temptations, because if you're going to bars and restaurants and things without each other, and, you know, there's there might be that temptation there. Sure. But I would say what's underneath that is some uh, insecurity and core uh, wounds. Big time. And so... Um, you know, I, I would say that that needs to be addressed. But, you know, having said all of that, people get to co-create the relationship they want. And if both people have the same kind of core wound and by being attached at the hip is something that addresses that need and no one's finding any difficulty in the way the relationship gets stru- uh, structured, then there isn't really a problem. No. But if it's one person is feeling restricted – then That's there's the a flag. Problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Respecting and accepting the ways in which you and your partner are different. Yes. Because you're not going to be 100% the same. No, absolutely. You're going to have different likes, interests. That's And that's about recognizing the other as different than and different boundaries. And that also is part of a fundamental strength of a relationship. Uh, I am great with feelings and words, and my partner is great with techie stuff. And so it is the two of us working together where this is my strength, to, so I'm going to lead with this, and that's your strength. And to you're make magic lead happen, that. yes, when the two of you come Absolutely. together. Absolutely. But I think it's so important that you, you and your partner both share the same core values in order for a relationship to really work. You have to have the similar values. Uh, about mutual respect, about, about what you trust, want, about what you want, what you want, absolutely. And I think that those conversations, just it doesn't have to be heavy, but conversations like that, uh, it's beneficial to have it a, starting in to the be, beginning. Okay, yes, but it does need to be heavy if you're going to be getting married. Well, way down the road, yes, but yes. in the beginning, you know, no. the first date with somebody. So let me know. Uh, so our how children, many, how many kids do you want? <laughs> Like that kind. Do you want to have kids? No, that's fine to do. You can ask that. Of course you can. Absolutely. But not, you know, start talking about baby names and things like that. Don't do that. We're going to be right back. We're talking about healthy boundaries on the Dating and Relationship Show. Stay with us. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show, we're talking about how to set healthy boundaries in relationships. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca, and joining me is my good friend, Dawn, uh, psychotherapist Dawn Binkowski. There she is. I've got my uh, Instagram on right now. You guys can't see that at home. Anyways, okay, I'm going to stop this video so I can continue my conversation on the radio. All right, we're continuing our conversation about healthy boundaries. How about trusting your own decisions? So does that mean that when you're indecisive, you're actually doing harm to yourself? Because I know that I can be so indecisive, and this is an issue, and I, I, you know, just a few years ago, I started really thinking about why is it that I'm so indecisive? And I think indecisive. And I think I've come to the conclusion that when growing up, I felt like I was never allowed to make a mistake. Every time I did something and it was the wrong thing, I did the wrong thing, I would get in trouble for it. And so I, I, I think I grew afraid of making decisions because in my mind, I'm afraid, oh, wow, what if I make the wrong decision? Like the consequences are great. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, This is actually how what we'll call our personality is formed. In childhood, we notice uh, what traits uh, and behaviors decrease our chances of getting our needs met by our caregivers and what behaviors increase our chances of getting our needs met and feeling uh, a secure attachment as possible to our caregivers. And it imprints on our brain and we learn how to be a pleaser. We learn how to not tr- not make a mistake in order to save ourselves from the negative fallout that would happen. But what happens is we don't realize that we just needed to do that for our family of origin. And that once we are an adult, we get to put our needs, wants, and feelings front and center, which includes making mistakes. So when we're in a situation like that growing up, we often develop a lot of shoulds, which is about the expectations of others. And shoulds get us nowhere good because it is something that is external to us. We haven't integrated it. I should call my mother because that is what her expectation is, not I want to call my mother or I don't want to call my mother in this moment. It cuts us out and what we're feeling when we are in the realm of shoulds. And that's also where we get all tangled up in our head because we can rationalize and justify for hours on end and get no closer to what feels right for us. So that's why it's important to pay attention to what's happening physically in the body and get out of our head. Okay, our technical producer, Loretta here, she says she was able to combat being indecisive. How'd you do it? Well, something as easy as, you know, what chocolate bar do I want? Yeah, yeah. That that will set me, like, <laughs> on a tangent. When I go to a store and I, I get anxiety over that, yeah. like, and I get this anxiety, it fills my body. Okay, sorry. So, because I don't want to get anxiety over a chocolate bar anymore, so Well, that's please. what you have to do. You make a little game for yourself, you know? You know you're going to get one, if not, you know, Twix today, you're going to get a Mars bar tomorrow. Like, Well, how about if I don't eat chocolate enough? Well, just play a game with your play eeny meeny miny mo. It could be candy, you know, little things, maybe, you know, a bottle of wine or whatever. Just eeny okay. meeny miny mo and just make it fun for yourself. Don't get all stressed out. All right. Which al- which also helps try. to cut through the tension that you're building up inside your head. It is okay to make mistakes. We learn more from mistakes than we do from making the right choices. And then it's like, okay, so that didn't feel quite right. I also will will work with clients often about just saying, okay, I will buy the Mars bar or I won't buy the Mars bar. And notice how their body responds to each of those two statements. And I actually have them say say it out loud because it accesses a different part of the brain than just thinking about it. And you can pay attention to what's going on and see what feels like the right decision for you in that moment. Okay, I'm going to work on this. Or maybe, Dawn, I need to come see you. <laughs> okay, so another sign of a healthy boundary is recognizing that friends and lovers and or lovers aren't mind readers. Talk about how you're feeling. Say what you want. Don't just expect people to know. And don't allow someone to take advantage of you. Right, Dawn? Yes, absolutely. Uh even though all of us have a wounded child inside that is really hoping that... All of us do? Uh, yeah, all of us. All of us have some kind of developmental trauma from childhood, not because our parents are bad people, but we didn't get enough of our needs met in all the areas that we needed. This also builds strength. So it, it, it for every difficult experience we go through, there's also a benefit that arises. And so... Um, 
there's a benefit? Sure, absolutely. So children who were in, so I grew up in a family where uh, it was important for me to put as little stress as possible on my parents. They got upset if I wasn't okay. So I learned to internalize my needs. Yeah, I got and, in trouble too every time I got hurt. Let's say I fell and I get in trouble for falling. <laughs> Because it stirred up uncomfortable <laughs> feelings in your parents, and they didn't know what to do like, with that. What are you so they doing projected falling it smack? You. What? Now I got <clears throat> hurt again. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, in that situation, your parents didn't know what, what to do with those feelings that, that, that uh, uh, got stirred up in them. And so they projected them out onto you. Don't do that so that I don't have to feel this. So what happens, though, is that... When we are doing that, we aren't supporting ourselves, and we want our parents to be the parents that we needed, uh, and so we look for that in a partner. Once we become an adult, though, it is 100% our responsibility to clearly express what our needs are wants, and feelings are, not to expect the other person to be a mind reader. And please, Don, how important is it to just stop making excuses for what you've gone through in your past? I mean, there, there comes a time in our adulthood where we have to take ownership of what happened to us. Absolutely. Yes. And that's when we're an adult. There are so many people walking around that are just using the same excuse from their childhood. It's like, no, come on, do the work. Like, you know, Absolutely. you're going to go your entire life feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, some people get stuck in what I'll call victimhood. And um, but it becomes our responsibility once we're an adult to address our unmet needs, our wounds, and to learn how to give ourselves what we needed but didn't get, not to turn to other people with an expectation they'll give it to us. We're going to talk about uh, the, the steps that we need to take to set healthy boundaries on the Dating and Relationship Show when we come back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's Sunday night. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight and every other night. And if you want to catch past episodes, you can uh, check out the Dating and Relationship Show. You can Google us or you can find us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes for all the uh, past shows. We've got tons of shows. I mean, the show's been uh, on the air for about three years now. So lots of great information there. We are talking about uh, healthy and unhealthy boundaries and what they look like here on the Dating and Relationship Show tonight. Let's continue our conversation with Dawn Binkowski. She's a psychotherapist right here in Toronto. Are you in Mississauga? I'm in Port Credit. Oh, Port Credit. Okay. We're even closer. All right. So uh, let's discuss now um, how we can set these healthy boundaries like what do the steps look like on setting healthy boundaries so it's it's having a respectful eye-based responsible language communication Who, with our partner like? so what that means <laughs> is uh, a conversation that looks like I need to have more contact with you and I'm just letting you know that when I don't hear from you for a few days at a time, this narrative c- happens in my head. What kind of relationship is that, though, when you don't hear from someone? That's not a relationship. Well, no, it can be. Everybody's got a different bar as to how much contact is that the right amount sounds, of contact. But that just sounds like a casual dating relationship to me. Because if I'm in a relationship with someone and I'm talking to them every few days, guess what? My mind's wandering elsewhere. I am not committed to you. 
Okay. And there might be some people, or I know there are some people, where every couple of days is the right amount for them because they've got other stuff that is going on and they don't have that same need for reassurance. So it's, okay, in that situation, it's both people talking about what comes up for them, what their own individual needs are. Mm -hmm. Communication is key. And how do we bridge, knowing that we're wired differently? I'm not right, and um, you're not right, meaning neither one of us are wrong. We're just different. And because we like what's going on so far, how might we each move a little closer to each other? Okay, so for you, more than, you know, a, a message every other day feels like too much. For me, not getting a message, uh, you know, twice a day uh, raises a flag. So can we try to, you know, have some contact once a day. Does that feel reasonable? It's bridging and bridging, which is also creating the safe space for the other. And it's not demonizing or vilifying the other, saying you're doing it wrong. It's owning it. I-based I language. And it's so important to set boundaries from the beginning. I mean, not from the, well, yeah, like we talked about this at the beginning of the show, certain boundaries can be set right away. Absolutely. It's, it's you know, um, you know, I, I pref- you know, it's, it's really nice meeting you, and I'm not quite comfortable yet making out in your car, for okay. example. So, thank you so much. Let me give you a little kiss on on the cheek. Well, it depends how hot you are, <laughs> or whatever it is that's going on. But just as a possible boundary, <laughs> truth. And as the relationship progresses, then absolutely, these conversations are going to come up uh, uh, with deeper issues. Now, what if we? Um, set boundaries after we've already been in this relationship for a while? Like what sort of backlash can we expect from our partner, the person that we're now setting boundaries with, um, and they don't, just don't know how to deal with that? Sure, that absolutely can come up. But it isn't that you only have one shot at this. So the conversation, I would imagine something like that, is I recognize that I haven't been listening to myself in this particular area, and I have been focusing on meeting your expectations. I'll give you an example, Don. Okay, so I used to date this guy from the States, and he used to smoke. So when we first met him, he smoked. I was okay with it, right? Because I dabbled in it a little. But then I was like, okay, I don't want the smoking things not for me. I don't want to smoke. But then he would smoke in the vehicle with me, and I got to a point where I was like, listen, like, can you stop smoking in the vehicle? Because it's really affecting me and he's like well no because you know this is you accepted this from the beginning and now you're setting these boundaries and it's like I'm not cool with it okay and and he didn't stop and it led to us one of the things that led to us breaking up I mean there were multiple things but that was one thing that stuck in my mind I thought you're not going to give me that respect like things have changed for me and people need to realize that sometimes things can change in a relationship yes absolutely and again it goes back to that co-creating of a relationship. And uh, in a healthy relationship, we care about how our actions are negatively impacting our significant other. And if we don't, then there's a red flag that there's a problem. And so it's, you know, I, I hear that you like to do this. Is there some way that we can bridge? So how about whenever you need a cigarette, we pull over and we stand outside the car and you have the smoke and I'm happy to do that. Not a problem. So that you can get what you need and I can get what I need. We bridge this way. But if someone is saying, no way, my way or the highway, or you only had, you know, you didn't bring this up in in the beginning, again, red flag. Because absolutely, we change the deeper we go in relationship and issues come up. 
And we're also changing as human beings and what bothers us. And there can be times when we're feeling a little uh, emotionally stretched. And so things are having a bigger impact on us. And that's important, too. You know, there's been times when I've said to my partner, can you slow down driving a little bit? Not because he's doing anything different or unsafe. <laughs> or some people might go, we just slow down. I keep telling you to slow down. It's, it's, What's wrong with you? Yeah. That's what the conversation looks like when you get frustrated. That's right. And instead, I'll say, I'm just feeling a little unsettled inside. And, and it feels it, like it, everything is moving too quickly. And that works better. Because I'm owning it. I'm not saying you're doing something wrong. Okay. I'm saying something's That's got activated in me. That's a good tip. And people receive it better. And, and it avoids them getting reactive and defensive. Now, setting boundaries has more effect in your life than you may even realize. If you seem to resonate with signs on unhealthy boundaries, that's okay. This can change. You need to really give yourself time to remember what is important to you. Put yourself first. Love yourself first. Remember that your happiness is so important. This will help you create healthy boundaries and ultimately a healthy relationship. Thank you so much, Dawn, for joining me today. I love, love, love having you on the show. And I'm going to have you on the show so many more times <laughs> because we really do get along, don't we? Yes, we do. All right. Thank you so much for, for having so me here. Where can people like like reach out to you if they have a question? or If uh, you look for Port Credit Therapy Center, uh, on the website, uh, on Instagram, and on Facebook. I'm uh, Port Credit Therapy Center. I'm visible there. And you can follow the Dating and Relationship Show on Facebook, on Instagram. Also, you can follow me on Instagram, Official Laura Bellotta. And again, for past shows, please uh, find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us tonight uh, and each and every week. Thank you. Ciao for now. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.